We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a Friday episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, whether it's the audio side, the video side. I appreciate you all. Today is Friday. This is feeling a little bit weird to me. I was about to say I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, podcaster, sports writer, sports media personality, Joe Yurden, which is the case because Joe is with me pretty much every week. However, this is Friday. The yeah. schedules were really screwy this week here. I got my mm-hmm. uh, messages on Facebook trying to shut that off right off the bat here. <laughs> anyway, um, schedules, it was just conflict stuff going on Monday. So we kind of pushed this episode back until Friday. But I do have my man with me. Joe, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been uh, it's been a busy week, man. It's been uh, there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. I, you know, you hit like the off season, well, quote unquote off season, and you think like, ah, oh, things are going to slow down. No, 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 things, things never slow down. Especially, especially now that I'm like doing national writing stuff, like stuff is very much not slowed down at all. So it's just good. Like, don't get me gonna wrong. say you're a sports writer, man. You yeah. know that shit. No, oh, nothing yeah. ever. It's never ever no. slows down in sports. We're gonna no. talk it shortly. Anyway, news, Sabers news this week. Um, as everybody knows now, Kyle Lockposo resigned. For the Sabres for another year, we're going to discuss him in a few minutes here. Kind of, I'm labeling this the uh, Kyle Ocposo appreciation episode. So we're going we're gonna to talk our our guy up, some other hockey stuff too in just a minute. Before we get started though, I, I got to say, um, rest in peace, Tina Turner, one yes. of the, the great music icons of our time. She passed away on Wednesday at the age of uh, 83. And I'll tell you, man, um, being my age, growing up as a, a, a younger teenager in the mid 80s, mm-hmm. when Tina kind of, you know, she, she had her music stardom for a while and then kind of disappeared for a while. And then she came back. One of the all time great music comebacks that uh, Private Dancer album in the mid 80s, man. What, what, what an album you had uh, Private Dancer and you had uh, Better Be Good to Me, Let's Stay Together. And then, of course, the biggest hit was um 
what's love got to do. You know what's funny too, Joe, Joe, I looked this up and Aaron Quinn, I have on every week and he's a big music guy, but he's significantly younger than me. Like I'm eighties and then the nineties, Aaron's more like mid to late nineties into the two thousands, you know, where we know the bulk of our music. And one of the things we've argued about is in my opinion, and I've said this before, I think 1984 is like the greatest year for, for music maybe ever. And he's like 2000 or some shit like that or 96, 97. I don't remember, but I looked it up because her, her song, what's love got to do with it. Monster hit, dude, this was the number two song at the year end billboard chart for 1984. Let me run by some songs to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Real quick here. These were all the number one hits from 1984. And I guarantee you, if you don't know all these well, you're going to know most of these well, okay? Um, say, 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 that was Michael Jackson and, and Paul McCartney. Oh. Um, that was number one for two weeks. Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. That yeah. was number one for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, Carver Chameleon by Culture Club. That was number one for three weeks. And then you had Jump by Van Halen, one of the great American rock songs, in my opinion, anyway, of all time. That was number one for five weeks. Uh, Footloose. By Kenny Loggins uh, from the, the movie soundtrack. That was number one for a few weeks. Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. uh, Hello by Lionel Richie, a mega hit. Uh, let, let's Hear It for the Boy by Denise Williams. That was from the yeah. Footloose soundtrack. I'm sure you remember that. Uh, that was on that soundtrack? Yeah, that was on that soundtrack. Oh, man. Man. I, I I was I was out I was out to lunch on that one being on that soundtrack. <laughs> I just knew it. I knew it as a standalone hit, though. Yeah. Um, time after time by Cindy Lauper. That was number one for a couple weeks. The reflex by Duran Duran, number one for two weeks. Solid. Wind Doves Cry by Prince was number one for five weeks, and that was the number one song of 1984. Wow. Then it was Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. I'm yep. sure you know that. And then Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Three weeks at number one. After that, I'll fly through the rest of these. Missing You by John Waite. I know you know that song. Mm -hmm. let's go crazy by prince um i just called to say i love you stevie wonder caribbean queen by billy ocean i love that song in fact i play that on the jukebox every time i go to a bar right now actually <laughs> um wake me up before you go go by wham some silly ass pop you know songs from the 80s but that was a big song mm -hmm. out of touch by hall and oats and then uh last but not least um to end the year like a version by madonna point being 1984, what a killer year for, for music between the song titles, these artists, and in a year with so many, you know, iconic songs, Tina Turner was right there at number two, just an amazing album. What a great career. Yeah. What a great person, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a clip from, I think it was 60 Minutes yesterday uh, from back in the day where it was... Um, Mike Wallace was was visiting, yeah, visiting with her at her like estate in France and whatever, like her her house and mm -hmm. showing off like all this gorgeous stuff that she was having done. And it's like, you know, right on the Riviera, like just an unbelievable setup for, you know, for anybody to live at. Sure. And uh, they're standing there like in her house and he's like, you think you deserve all this? And she goes, I deserve even more. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, after what, you know, everything she had been through with Ike and like all the stuff with her, you know, with her career. I mean, she was an incredible singer and dancer before. Like mm -hmm. she was just a powerhouse. And then uh, like just kind of went away for a while. And like all the, you know, the the stuff with Ike was was such a horrible thing to deal with. And he was such a shithead 
about it was. everything. He was just a total piece of garbage. Probably and, the most famous woman beater of all time. And infamous, I should say, not yeah, famous. Not. I don't want to give him credit. Infamous, right. notorious, for sure. And for a oh, while, mate. that's what she was connected to. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. But then, I mean, like she comes through with it, you know, with that monster album. Oh. She winds up in the Mad Max movie and like just a complete career. Sure. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if resurgence is the right word, but just like a complete, like, just. I think it is. Like owning of like, she's like, no, I'm the star. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm the person. And it was just like, whoa, holy crap. And like, she just owned and it was just. She was just she was just everywhere, and like every time she showed up in something, and like every time she was doing, you know, every time she covered Proud Mary, man, it was she burned the house down, dude. It was just such an unbelievable performer. Sure, and you know what? A lot of those artists that I named during that iconic nineteen eighty four year, significantly younger than yeah. Tina. I, think, I believe Tina was like in her like maybe early or mid forties when when that album yeah. came out, man. And uh, yeah, dude, just so great. And I'll tell you, a couple years later. Um, simply the best, or is that technically it's called the best? Mm -hmm. That might be my favorite song of hers. I think it aged the best. Um, yeah. You know, the Shits Creek. I don't know if you watched that show when it was on a few years ago. Mm -hmm. That was a big part of that show. They uh, um, they sang it a couple times, and and it, and it was really cool. But yeah, man, one an an iconic career, uh, a, a a great person. So a, a big loss to the pop culture and, and music world this week. You know, I'm reminded. This is completely off topic here from what we were just talking about, but. Mm -hmm. I just remembered it. So last week, you were on Tuesday, like normal. Yep. Do you remember? I spent probably 15, 20 minutes talking about this extreme fasting diet. Remember how we talked about that last yeah. week? Well, that yeah. didn't even last that day. <laughs> Not because Good. I was unmotivated. It sounded really unhealthy. Exactly. And I'll tell you, man, I put something on Twitter after we had our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I got kind of dragged i don't want to say dragged a little bit i mean there are a couple of people that would say come on what do you what, what kind of dummy are you you know <laughs> but a lot of people were talking about you know how unhealthy it potentially could be anyway and some right. there were some people that are like hey good luck and i've done it before and this and that but yeah anyway not sustainable too like even if you do it even if you manage to do it all you're doing is kind of like taking a, a little bit of a break that's all it's like people who drink all the time and then they're like oh i'm not gonna drink for 30 days just you know, you prove it, you could go 30 days without drinking or whatever. And then on day 31, you start getting bombed all over again and you kind of make up for lost time. So I, I kind of realized that quickly, but now I am doing something that I do feel sustainable. I'm kind of moderating a little bit. I'm doing a, uh, intermittent fasting now. Like I might eat in anything after eight, okay, five days a week, weekends have at it within reason, but from 8 PM to, uh, noon the next day so 16 straight hours nothing but water or black coffee no no cream no sugar that's it because those are the only thing that you could have water or black coffee that won't break your your intermittent uh fasting and then the biggest thing is and we've talked about this on the show so many times man i sure i've struggled with pop so much i have not had a sip of pop at all probably what 11 days 12 days now um so trying to do something that's a little more sustainable than what we talked about last week We'll see how it works out, man. Feeling, hey. feeling pretty good, though, dude. I'm not going to lie. I, I do feel pretty good right now. That's good. I mean, it, listen, feeling good is the important part with all with any of those kinds of things. Sure. Because, it, you know, I, I can tell you right now, I feel I've been feeling like garbage late for, you know, other other reasons. But like it's so it's so tough to try to just kind of like go about every day and you just don't feel great. Right? You just kind of feel like, you know, whether it's, you know, you feel like you're out of shape or you're tired or mm -hmm. 
you're just eating like garbage or like whatever the deal is, or maybe it's a combination of all of them. And you're just kind of like, blah, all the yeah. time. And it's just, if as long as you're feeling good, then that's, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, for sure, man. And like I said, it's about, I think anyway, trying to find something that's sustainable. So if you're watching this, listening to this and you're thinking about trying to do something, don't do anything extreme, anything radical, do something that you think could be sustainable over the long run. So many people do something short term and it's just not realistic to maintain it. And then they just go back to whatever it was uh, they were doing. Now, again, like I said, with Joe being on Friday this week, um, this past week, I had Stevie Johnson with me in our um, live from Imperial series. And I got to tell you, that was a, uh, that was a hell of a lot of fun. If you didn't listen to that, didn't watch that, go back. And uh, I think that dropped on Tuesday. I taped it over last weekend. Stevie Johnson, one of the most uh, popular Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you, Joe, and then I want to ask you a question here too, because he, the way he interacted with fans and I've seen, I met, I met Stevie before. This wasn't my first time sitting down with him and, it was our first interview, but it's not the first time that I've met him and hung out with him a little bit. But anyway, he walked into the restaurant. I talked a little bit about this with Aaron. Um, he walked into the restaurant immediately. People knew who he was. He's so recognizable. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Very recognizable. One of the more popular players of this century for the Buffalo Bills. A couple people started chanting Stevie right away. But you could tell. And he was promoting him and his uh, a co-author who's also a good friend of mine. They got a new children's book out. Mm -hmm. um, centered around Freddie Jackson. Anyway. He does, we do the show, do the interview. Afterwards, people start lining up, um, you know, get their pictures and autographs, buy a book. And I was just blown away looking at Stevie, the way he smiles and he interacts with fans. He doesn't just, you've been around enough athletes covering them. You know how a lot, some of them are, you know, they're like, hey, they're, they're, they're polite. You know, right. hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Maybe a little fist bump. Stevie ain't like that, man. Stevie will sit there and, and conversate with people, I'll ask you a question. Uh, my buddy, who you've met and you know, my, my friend Ryan, who um, is mm -hmm. cancer, you know, um, he was there and, and I introduced Stevie to him, told him what's going on. I talked to him for 10 minutes, you know, little kid. I had a group of friends there. He's taking pictures with them. Little kids. He has a green bills hat. Um, I'm going to pull it back up here. You can see it on. And if you're watching this on the video, you can't really see the, because of the quality of the, of, of the photo, but there's a lot of writing on that hat. And what I noticed was a little kid would ask Stevie for his autograph and, and he would sign it for him, of course. But then Stevie would take his hat off and give it to the kid in, in a marker and he'd have a kid sign it. And then he would put it on his head. So he actually has a hat that has some kids autographs. Anyway, my point was, couldn't have been a more chill, um, down to earth guy, man. Just, yeah. you could tell he's got a lot of gratitude for fans. He knows what the fans have given him, what this city has given him and he's given back. And, and I just think it's awesome. Um, wanted to ask you somebody who's, you know, covered a lot of hockey, at least anyway, for sure. Or a couple of your favorites, like a couple of guys that whether they're your favorite interviews that you just like talking to or guys that you've come across in the league, well, there's players, coaches, whoever that you could just tell they're really good with fans, very respectful towards them, really good with kids, stuff like that. Like, are there any favorites of yours that kind of stand out? Yeah. Um, Jason Palmaville sticks out to me. Uh, yeah. just like a really genuine, nice guy. Like, I mean, he, he was, you know, I, I caught him on the second time around. Uh, with the Sabres here, I, I I wasn't here back in you know oh five oh six oh seven you know back in right. those days, but he uh but when he came back when he came back here after he after he was uh, after they reacquired him I was it was very nice to just to get to know him and you know you you know you get to talk to a guy like that and you know he's you know when it's the second time around in a place where he was already beloved 
you know, he was already a, you know, a guy fans loved and everything. It was, it was very cool to see. And he was always, you know, even, you know, a couple of times I've, you know, talked with him when he was with Minnesota, just seeing, you know, what the kind of guy that he is and just, you know, how, you know, kind of down to earth he is. And, you know, he's, you know, very dedicated family guy and, um, you know, always very, very chill with fans and very nice. Like he, mm -hmm. he's, he's always stood out to me as, as somebody uh, that, that I'm just kind of like, it's like, yeah, that guy gets it. Like I understand there's a lot more guys like that in hockey. I think where I think so too. Um, I, I think guys, there, there's a lot more humility, humility in hockey. I think with, in a lot of cases, certainly with older players, I think younger guys, like they're still trying to figure out life <laughs> in a lot of cases. I think a lot of guys are, uh, um, you know, like if they're 18, 19 years old playing in the NHL, they're just kind of like, whoa, okay, this is, this is a lot. This is, there's a lot going on here. I don't really right. have like a, a grasp of like what, you know, of what the life is about or, or what it can be at that point. But, uh, but yeah, certainly Jason's one of those guys. Pat LaFontaine's another guy. I, I no, really not, not really seeing how he is around fans too much, but like any, anytime I've seen him around with fans, he's just, he's so, he's got so much appreciation for for how much fans you know take to him and um you know the appreciation and the love they've got for a guy like that and you know and, and you know and having opportunities to talk with him in the past he's just just a just a very affable you know happy to talk about anything guy like yeah. just 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 a you know a really great guy in the, in that respect and you know even even some of the sillier guys in their careers i mean i say silly in a very you know kind way but like a guy like john scott where it's you know you know, he's known for beating guys up and being a tough guy and all that, but also like very funny. Yeah. There's a great sense of humor, just, you know, and accepts that like, you know, he's like, yeah, I know what my job in the league was, but he's like, but I was one of the best to do it. And I'm good enough to be in the NHL. So like, you know, if you want to talk crap about me, okay, have fun. But also <laughs> one of the, you know, one of the best players in the world. So take that for what it's worth. But, but he was a guy who always was very, uh proud of what he did but very humble about uh, humble about being able to get there like there, there i think there's something to be said for guys that that you know it, it's it's knowing that you that you're able to be in that role but also not having to brag about it either i think there's i think there's a lot to be said about it and like i think about stevie and like how i, I guess complicated things got for him here you know like he had that you know the game against what was it uh you know where he's blaming blaming god for pittsburgh. his hand. Yeah, it was a pittsburgh game right he owns it too. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, like he, you know, he said it at the time, but it's like, that's a guy who cares. That's a guy who cares a lot about like, you know, what he was doing, trying to help the team win and all that. And of course you, you, know, you get mad about things. You're going to say some, sometimes you say something where it's kind of like, dude, where, where were you going with that one? Like, what's up? But, um, but he always, he always loved playing here. Like guys like that, where they just love playing here. And like, they, you know, the business is the business. So it is what it is, but um, but I mean, I mean, geez, he's the guy, he's the guy that coined the mafia moniker, man. Like he's, he's the reason he's Godfather, he's the, man. He's, he's the reason we kind of talked about that on the show earlier this week. He's indirectly responsible for the term bills. Mafia. Ain't nobody ever saying bills fans or let's go bills yeah. nation. Nobody right. says that shit. Mm -hmm. It is 100% bills. Mafia and is directly related to, uh, to what happened with Stevie. And, and to your point, he really did come to love Buffalo. This is a California kid, man. Mm -hmm. Came to Buffalo, spent six years in Buffalo, and uh, ended his career in San Francisco. And he talked about this again on the show. You would think he'd be happy to be playing back home, family and friends. He did not want to leave Buffalo. He was, uh, mm -hmm. he missed it. But anyway, 
you could kind of tell the genuine people. And I mean, I know you know this, like from the posers. You ever watch Tin Cup? Remember the movie yeah. Tin Cup? Been a um, while, but I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the character's name was Davidson. Don Johnson, the guy who played mm -hmm. Davidson, the golfer. Whenever the cameras were on him, he was always cool and smiling and friendly and signing shit. And then there wasn't a camera on him. He was kind of a douche. Mm -hmm. I got to name any athletes, but right. I know you've come across plenty of them. You know, they'll do the right thing when, uh, when there's reporters around or when there's mm -hmm. a, a camera rolling or, or something like that, but they're not as much genuine when they don't need to be. Steve right. Johnson is not one of those guys. And like, to your point, Bob and Bill, Pat LaFontaine, those they're, they're just genuinely uh, good people. So anyway, that was fun. Next Friday uh, on this show, back to uh, live from Imperial. I'm going to have Elena Getzenberg from, ESPN.com nice. covers the Buffalo Bills for her. So um, she'll be on. We're taping this. I, I need to mention this is because we're about to get into something here. We're taping this Thursday night shortly before uh, Vegas plays Dallas. Well, Florida's going to Stanley Cup. We know that shit. Mm -hmm. Florida's in the cup. They swept Carolina. And Vegas is one game away. And by the time you're watching or listening to this, there's a good chance, or at least a fair chance anyway, that Stanley Cup may be set. Even if they lose tonight, though, it's looking pretty good for Vegas. So we kind of joked about it a little bit throughout the playoffs, but now it's coming to fruition, man. Sam Reinhart mm -hmm. versus Jack uh, Eichel for the Stanley Cup, Joe, man. What do you think? I, I'm very entertained by it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I mean, there it's the inside, it's the inside stuff, the inside, you know, stuff amongst reporters and, and whatnot that makes it very entertaining for me. But also that, you know, it, it, it's, I, I think people can, I think people here can very much live with it because they see, they see the direction the Sabres are headed in. So it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. This is what had to happen. Good point. You know? This Imagine is, this if they is, were terrible. Imagine if the Sabres oh, were, yeah, so they were so bad. This would be had to watch this. Oh God. This would yeah, yeah. People would be angry, losing their mind, shooting their TVs out, you know, throwing them, throwing the TV off the balcony, all that stuff. <laughs> um, just because it's just it's like, yeah, great. Yeah, we're still stinking. These guys are in the cup final. That bullshit. You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, but it's not that, you know, Sabres are Sabres are going in a direction that I think everybody wanted them to be in. And honestly. You know, for for I mean, for Jack and Sam specifically, not to mention all the other ex Sabers that are going to be involved in, in that Cup final, um, it, it, it's it's the direction they had to go in too. You know, I, I you know, I, I think we've been saying all through these playoffs and hell all the season long, there is a guy that's on the Panthers right now that you're like, you wish the Sabers didn't give up on. It's Brandon Montour, but I mean. You know, that's that's a whole other thing. It's it's Jack and Sam. Those are the those are the big things. And you know, it's Jack's playing great for Vegas. Sam's played great for Florida the whole playoffs. I mean, it's it's it, I, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for those guys. I know it's rare for anybody to be like, well, you know, happy for them, but like good for them, man. Like they like the fans know all too well. They went through a lot of shit here. Like um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And now they've come through it and now they're about to play each other in a Stanley Cup final? That's crazy. Look, I'm not going to lie, man. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I remember many conversations we had on this podcast when it came to Jack Eichel. And as that divorce became apparent, mm -hmm. I took Jack Eichel's side a lot. You know, yeah. I was like, well, well, what do you expect? He's sick of losing, you know, year right. after year. Um, the team around him, the coaches, all this stuff. Now, I did come to kind of, you know, I, I guess the Sabres fan, I mean, has learned to despise him some. Uh, I'm not, huge on the way he's 
Uh, anyway, so he hasn't really said many th bad things about Buffalo, minus the one time, you know, he came here and, they, and the Sabres won and he didn't react very well to it. Whatever, right. man. It's, we're all human, you know? Better, anyway, we'll do that, you know? Sure, 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 sure. And, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because I did defend him a lot during this divorce process, but yeah. ain't going to lie, assuming that this is the Stanley Cup and I don't like Florida, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm going to root for Florida. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Definitely going to root for Florida, man. There's, there's no question about it. Um, yeah. It still blows my mind, too, that God damn it, man. This one regulation win. I'll tell you, Joe, a, a couple. Well, how long is the playoffs been going on for now? What, a month? Was it a month uh, or something, something like that? I don't know. Maybe something like that. A month and a half, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, a little more than a month. So a little more than a month ago. So we had uh, I, at my second job at a restaurant. We had a um, a, a playoff pool. And it was 16 people and you pay your money and you drew a team out of a hat. And it was mm -hmm. quite simple. Whatever the team is that you picked, you, uh, they win the Stanley cup, you win the money. You know, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of skill involved in that. Right. But anyway, <laughs> I drew, um, I drew Edmonton. So whatever. Oof. But I remember the kid who drew Florida, they snuck into the playoffs and they were facing the Boston Brewers in the first round. I'm like, that's a good way to donate because it was a hundred bucks. I was like, that's a solid way to just donate a hundred dollars. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> this kid's four wins away from uh, winning. What is it? Because I'm pretty sure uh, it's, if it's a hundred a piece, then it's, it's 12. It's 1200. Yeah. So it's 1200 and, and, and 400 for, you know, Stanley Cup winner and okay. runner up. So he's four wins away from winning 1200 and he's already quadrupled his money at worst. So yeah. What a run, ain't it? I mean, you want to talk about a team that just were lightning struck at the absolute perfect time. Mm -hmm. This is just nuts, man. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, you know, and we'll talk about Kyle in a little bit here, but he, you know, he was asked today about you know the whole thing with Buffalo and you know you know finishing you know two you know two points back of a playoff spot and seeing Florida go on this run, and Kyle made the point that I'll pat myself on the back here, say this. He's like, Florida's been playing playoff games for the last two months now, going back into the, the end of the mm -hmm. regular season. He goes, it's, you know, that they, that they beat Boston. It was like, yeah, well, you know, they've been playing must-win games for for a while now. So, yeah, I'm not he's like I'm not surprised to see them having this kind of success. And I'm like, me too, Kyle. That's what I've been saying all along. And people was like, whoa, is this, is this a stunning turn of events? I'm like, not really. Like, teams that have, like, Boston hadn't had to play a game that meant anything for, like, since what the beginning of March? Sure. <laughs> Honestly, like when, when they clinched the playoff spot and then they won the president's trophy like a week later, it was like, eh, well, you know, they don't have anything to do for the next forever. And the set the next important game they play is going to be game one of the playoffs. And then whoops, they weren't ready for the playoffs. Florida was very well, <laughs> very prepared for the playoffs. So um, but yeah, it's I mean, you know, I, listen, it there's something to be said about being able to get into the playoffs in that kind of spot where you've been having you've been battle tested going in like a lot of i think the usual thought is that teams in that spot are going to be gassed by the time they get in because it's like oh geez they've been fighting tooth and nail for you know a week two weeks three weeks however long and i'm like well the other team they're playing against may have been squared away for weeks the, the same amount of time but they haven't played anything amounting to a real game in forever so you know they they for every thought that the team coming in in that last spot is gas. The other team's coming in very ill prepared. So it's you know it's kind of like who can get caught up first or or catch fire first. And Florida caught fire and just stayed on fire. And it's 
there's a lot of teams that a lot, like a lot of past cup winners that are getting compared to them right now. And I think there's, there's something to be said about each of those comparisons. A lot of people are saying like uh, the 2012 Kings were, you know, the, the, those Kings were the eighth seed in the West, but it was like that they were like a fake eighth seed because they, they wound up in the eighth spot, like in the last like couple of games of the season, they were actually like fifth and then they slipped to eighth. And then it was like, Oh, right. Okay. Well, they're actually really good. So good luck to whoever's the number one seed. And then the yeah, Kings just mowed everybody down and, you know, Jonathan quick was amazing. And that's like, well, you know, Florida kind of a fake number eight seed. They were a good team that played like, garbage for three months of the year and then Bobrovsky turned back into the guy who won a Vezina twice before in the playoffs and now away they go and it's like you know it's like Pittsburgh a few years too and you know uh, what was it uh, like uh, like Matt Murray or Flurry or one of them was got them into the playoffs and then the other guy took over like in the first round and then they rolled and that you know I think it was Matt Murray twice just kind of carried them through but it's uh, it's something else, man. But I mean, geez, I mean, if Vegas locks it down, if they get it locked down tonight or game five or whatever, whatever happens, whatever Vegas is going to win that series. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. But um, it's the same kind of role for them too, just in a different spot. Just that they, you know, they were, they were, they won their division, and you know, they were at the top of the league for most of the year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden from Noted Hockey and, of course, Bleacher Report, Main State Podcast as well. All right, so Kyle Lacposo resigns with the Buffalo Sabres one year. I think it's like $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Had a Zoom press conference uh, on Thursday morning, and um, I, I watched, and I was um, it was pretty emotional. And in fact, there was a clip, and I'm going to play this clip for people right now, who are whether you're watching on the YouTube side or if you're listening to it, um, it's like a minute twenty clip. But it's Akposo describing coming back and some of the factors that went in. So let me play the clip, and, and then right after that, I'll get your reaction. Um, 
to Kyle. These are his own words here on Thursday morning. Um, sorry. So my son, my son Odie was the first one to, uh, to find out. And I got a call and, and I was, I was in my bedroom. I was about to put him to bed and um, saying that the deal was done. And so he comes out and just brushed his teeth. And, and I looked at him and I told him that I'm going to come back and play another year. And his reaction was, his reaction was worth it. And sometimes I forget how much it means to them, um, you know, to my, especially my older two kids. And um, I told Ellie about 20 minutes later, she was driving back from getting ready for a dance recital. And um, her and Dan I took, I went for a walk and her and Danielle pulled up in the car and she, uh, I told them. And then when I heard them driving away, I heard her scream so loud because they were just so happy and excited. And so it, it definitely is a huge factor in my decision-making um, your family, because you're not just thinking about yourself. Um, you're thinking about them and, and what this means to them as well. So some really uh, genuine, heartfelt um, testimonial there from Kyle who talked about his family playing, you know, a part mm -hmm. in his decision. And, and it, especially when he talking about his son, that, that, that's some good shit, man. What do you, what do you think when you, when you see something like that? I, it's that's, that's who Kyle is, man. Like he's, he's such a family guy. I mean, he's got what, four kids now. And his, his, his son, Odie, he says, Odie, it's Odin, uh, which you know, great love, love that he names his kid Odin. That's uh, so fun. Uh, but we see Odin around the ring sometimes. And it, it's every kid, every kid who's, you know, whose dad is playing in the NHL, they come to the rink and they just love being there. It's, it's a whole new, like kind of playground for them. They get to, you know, kind of bop around and check, check things out and, and get to see their dad, you know, play hockey and, and doing all that. And, uh, you know, he, you know, when you're at his age, like, you know, he's what, mid thirties, you know, he knows the careers coming, coming, winding down and, and whatnot. And, and being able to see his career through his kid's eyes, like that's a really cool thing, you know, cause when they're really young, you don't really get that sense, you know, it's like mom's sure. holding them up in the glass and they're like patting, like that's really cute and everything. Sure. But, but when they're old enough to really get a handle on it and, you know, kind of be around it and know what's going on know the game and 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 all that like he's he's in that spot now where he's like he's able to like see it right firsthand and and how cool it is for them to see him doing that and like what a you know what a uh i guess it's you know i, I it's a it's a i guess it's a source of pride really for him because you know he gets the you know his kids get to get to see that and how excited they are that he's that he gets to keep playing like that's so cool like that's such a cool thing for him and like, yeah, why wouldn't you get choked up about that? Like that's, that's, that's such a cool thing to be able to, to, to be able to have those kinds of moments and, and to keep it going. And like, you know, he lives here, like he's, he lives in the Buffalo area now. And like they made, you know, him and his, him and his family made this their home the last few years. So, um, so like when it, when it was the end of the season and he basically said, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm either coming back here or I'm not coming back period. So uh, that was, that was an easy, it was an easy signing to get done. It was an easy thing to get taken care of. And I'm glad Kyle's coming back because he's the, the effect that he has on the guys in that room is such a big, it's such a big deal because I mean, he, you know, he's, 
he's kind of rare in the room that he that he is such a big family guy. You know, I mean, there's there's guys, there's a couple of guys that do have kids. You know, Tage has got a kid now. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. Like, I mean, but there's you know, there, there's there's not a lot of guys that have that have families, but they get sure. to see him be in that role and like what that's like. That's a, that's a huge leadership point because I mean. He kind of jokes with him being like, well, he's kind of like the dad of the team because he's older than everybody. It's like, well, yeah, but also like he's the coolest dude in the room too. Okay. And like he's cool and he's got the family and he's able to like be a, to be the focus and the, the lightning rod of, of, of pride for that team. So it's, it's a really, it's really cool. It's, it's really nice to see that. I was, um, yeah, I, I really liked that clip and, and I liked everything he had to say and I really come to like, Kyle Lockposo a lot. That's why I said today is this episode is like a Kyle Lockposo like appreciation episode. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, man. So this he's going to be going into his eighth year now with the Sabers. And I remember when he signed. Um, mm-hmm. it was the 2016 offseason. He signed a big contract, seven years, forty two million. And um, he was coming out. He had three 20 plus goal seasons with the Islanders. He was a coveted free agent you yeah. know, at that time. And I, I can't remember who, who was first. But he was like the second or third um, ranked forward on most charts for free agency. I remember that very well. First three years with the Sabres, I'm looking right now to say 19, 15, and 14 goals. Didn't score a lot, though, as much as I think fans thought. And you were, people were probably looking at him as a top line guy and, uh, you know, a big time, you know, a guy who was going to probably score 30 to 35 goals. It didn't happen. And I remember at the time, that bus label getting thrown on him, terrible free agent signing. And I remember, you know, terrible contract, untradeable because of his contract. And of course, injury issues, concussion, stuff like that. Um, but I'll tell you, man, he, the last couple of years, when, when I realized what type of player he is and what kind of leader he is, mm-hmm. started to become a lot more impressed with him. Um, October of 2022, the Sabres named him captain, replacing Jack Eichel. Looking right now, twentieth full-time captain in franchise history, and I I read in fact, you know, doing a little bit of prep for the show today, Joe. I uh, mm-hmm. read the article when he was named captain, and Cousins had a, a pretty good quote in that article. It said he's the life of the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Dylan said that in uh, 2022. So, like I said, man, maybe I was excited to get him here at the time because he was such a coveted free agent, but then the Stat sheet didn't look great. Like the offensive production wasn't anything to, to, to write home about. Mm-hmm. Turned sour on him. I remember a lot of people on Twitter, quite frankly. I mean, I'm not the only one here, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> felt this way. Well, it sucks. He He's stuck here. You can't trade him. I it, Buy him out. I've heard that. I remember, I remember that a couple yeah. of What would it cost, you know, the Sabres to buy him out? You know, how would that affect the cap? I remember a lot of that talk, but I want to talk about a guy, a feel-good story, who's uh really come around, man. I think it's Kyle Oposo in this case. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of what happened with him was health related to a lot of the struggles and you mm-hmm. know, all often, um, you know, point production and all that. Like a lot of that was because of, you know, a lot of the stuff that he went through like a year, a year or two into that, where things got really scary. Things got really scary for him. And, um, there was a lot of worry of whether or not his career was going to be over prematurely yeah. and, and everything that went into that. And then, you know, he came through, he came through a lot of darkness there. There was a lot of, there was a lot of dark moments, dark, scary moments. And he came through on the other side of that. And what, two years ago, like, well, no, last season, technically still last season, I guess, scored 20 goals, you know, like still had, still had that, you know, that pop in him, still had, 
you know, the ability to score and like he's been in the, the kind of role that he's playing now, he's been in for a few seasons now, but, um, but I mean, it's, you know, now it's the, you know, it's the on ice role where it's, you know, be the four checker, be the, you know, guy that wins the pucks back doing that stuff and, you know, score occasionally, but also the, you know, the leader, you know, the, the actual, you know, he was a leader before, but, you know, wearing the letters, wearing the letters, a different kind of leader, because, you know, anytime something goes wrong, you're the guy out front of it. Not always when things go right, are you the guy, you know, facing the cameras because usually then it's, you know, whoever scored the goals or, or what have you, but, um, yeah, he's the guy in the locker room facing the scrum with you guys and you women in the locker room when the Sabres are playing like shit, he's the one who's going to take accountability and speak up Mm -hmm. to, to the men and the women in the media. Yep. Yep. And he's, you know, and he does, he does a good job of that. He's really able, he's able to really kind of ground things in a way that I think everybody's able to understand. There's, you know, nobody in sports talks without cliches, but like Kyle keeps it, keeps it pretty real with everybody. You know, I mean, there, there might be the occasional, you know, you know, uh, you know, you got to place full 60, you know, hard on pucks, that kind of stuff occasionally because, you know, it's an 82 game season. You're going to get tired of answering some of the same questions over and over. But when there's been a big moment, when there's been a big, uh, opportunity for, for his voice to be heard, to be, you know, for us to hear it anyways, uh, you know, for, for anything that might be going on in the room or in the community, he's right on it. He is on top of that. And he is, he is, made it very abundantly clear he's the guy he's the guy like he's he the was sensational last year with with tops mm-hmm. you know, roughly a year ago man he was really at the forefront with the organization um when it came to that all right so he so he's back here now joe and on the ice probably the same role right like that fourth mm-hmm. line guy that uh you need um yep. you, you see him having that same role do you see potentially i don't know why because of different types of players but like Craig Anderson was here, got him in a leadership mentorship role. Wasn't expected to play a lot. Is Kyle still going to be like, do you expect him now that he's re-signed? Which, by the way, with the money, um, my quick thought on that is this. Some people said maybe they've overpaid a little bit more than they needed to. Maybe so. But I also feel like, to the Sabres' credit, number one, they're not going to spend to the cap no matter what. That's no. You know what I mean? You're kind of rewarding a guy for being mm-hmm. around for – for, for being a good leader, you're giving him a little bit of a reward. I think that sends the right message to the locker room. Mm-hmm. I think that might send a good message around the league to potential free agents that, hey, we're going to take care of our guys. You know what yep. I mean? So I got no problem at all with the contract. In terms of his role, pretty much, do you expect it to be what it was last year? Or do you expect maybe to take a – he might be in the press box next to you a couple times watching some games? What, what do you think his immediate future lies here with the team? I I think a lot of that's still kind of up in the air, um, depending on how the how the rest because to me Kyle's spot on the team was never in question. I think he's I think that that spot on that that line is 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 his. Mm-hmm. Um, how they want to work in some of the you know whether they choose to work in some of these you know these young guys on the way up or not or how you know other moves that are to come or not during, during the summer, you know, what, whatever happens there. I, I think, I think his spot is pretty secure because nobody else, nobody else really on the roster right now, aside from, you know, Zemgis and Zemgis might not even be around, you know, uh, much longer. Who know? I mean, we don't know what that means a free agent. So, you know, he might, he might be gone. He might come back. Who knows? But um, I, I do know that there are, are, there are some guys that are playing in the Calder cup playoffs right now that are, 
going to make it really hard to keep them in Rochester again next season. Sure. Um, and, I, not, and not necessarily guys that are going to be playing that kind of role either. But you have a finite number of spots on the roster as well and a finite number of spots among the forwards where you're going to put guys in. And a lot of those spots are taken up. So um, if if he's if he's in a spot where you know he he sits out occasionally, I think it might be just to give a guy a give a guy a breather, <laughs> you know, load management, right? Like, like like in the NBA, what they do all the time, yeah. which I hate that shit. But yeah, yeah I, the way the NBA does it is kind yeah, of it's brutal. But, um, sure. but I I think with him now that he's not making seven million. A year, I think it's a little easier to be like, "Hey, man, take a night off. You know, let's let's you know just keep keep the legs fresh. We're gonna need you for, you know, for those for those hard games late in the year. We're gonna need you for those playoff games. We want to make sure you're at tip top shape. Mm. Whereas there's a lot of pressure when you're making big money to 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 be in not only be in there every game but to produce every game. Whereas uh, you know a guy making two and a half mil to to you know to play those hard you know those hard minutes. The, the physical game that, you know, the, the kind of game that he likes to, that he enjoys to play now um, you can, you can better, better use that uh, load management uh, in that case. Whereas if it's a guy making a, you know, what he was making before, it's like, boy, like how do you, you can't keep that guy out of the lineup because he makes too much money. Now right. it's the case. Sure. Um, I want to get to a couple other things. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap. Kyle Ocposo up, but like again, make sure we, we give him his flowers here. Uh, yes. If you would have told me three years ago that not only would the Sabres not trade Ocposo, or not only would they not buy his contract out to get him out of here, that he would have played his entire contract and got re-signed a good month, six weeks before free agency even starts, I would have said you're nuts. Yeah. So good on him, man. I'm very happy for him, man. And I hope a lot of... uh he's going to go, he's going to be one of those guys 15, 20 years from now, you know, there's a handful of Sabre players that are always welcome in Buffalo. They're always treated very well and spoken very fondly of, I think Kyle Ocposo 100%. He'll be one of those guys. So good for him, man. Um, Quickly here, because we can't really get into the game. Cause again, the timing we're taping this Thursday, in fact, they're playing as we're taping this. Um, Rochester is up one, nothing in the Eastern conference finals against Hershey. Again, as we tape this, can't really talk about the game because we're talking about, uh, you know, we're doing a podcast right now. I guess the only thing I wanted to ask you, maybe next week, um, you know, we'll have some, uh, we'll be able to talk more about how this series has gone or, or is going. But Matthew Savoy um, practices with the team earlier this week and he's playing in game two. And again, I don't know what happens, how much he's playing what he did good or bad during this game. Cause we're taping it before, but mm-hmm. that's a pretty significant. Do you think that's a pretty significant development? That's the boys already in this lineup. Surprise at all. No, not surprised. I, well, maybe for game two, I'm surprised. Um, uh, Cause the way Seth Appert was, was saying is like, once we get him acclimated, you know, he'll, he'll be in the lineup. Like he's not here to just kind of skate around. Like that was, that was, that was what was intimated basically to us. Uh, when he practiced before they headed to to, to Hershey, but um, I game two, I'm a little. I, I guess I am a little surprised just because I figured game three it would have been an automatic thing. But I think they wanted to see how see how the matchups worked and see how things worked out with uh, with with what Hershey was showing them in game one. And I think what Hershey showed them in game one was uh, 
they don't have the speed <laughs> to keep up. And a guy like Savoy has a lot of speed to play with. And I think that that allowed them to feel a little bit more comfortable. Plus, you can you can work him in and out of shifts. Like he doesn't have to take that shift every every go. Like that's fine, but um I am a, I am a, I am a little surprised, but I mean, geez, he's he's a great player. He's had a he had a monster second half uh, in junior hockey. So uh, when you've got another weapon, it helps to have it out there. And I think given what Hershey showed them about how they struggled to keep up with the Amherst, having another guy that is also quick and can also score a lot and can take care of business that way. It, it makes sense, but uh, to say I would have seen it this early, I I'd be a liar if I said that I that I would have thought game two would have been his time. But yeah, I I figured that once they once they assigned him to to Rochester, it wasn't going to be too long. But uh, yeah, just a matter of a few days. Yeah, it's a little surprising. <laughs> I I'll, I'll tell you, man. I um. Game three in Rochester, I, I believe, is already sold out. And game four is mm-hmm. and game three Saturday. Game yep. four is next Monday. I wouldn't hate my life if I end up in Rochester to go see one of those games. Um, I've never you want to buy your it. tickets now for game four. Uh, I'll find a way in. I'll bullshit my way in. I'll, I'll, I'll name drop you or somebody. I'll get my, give myself a little credential or something. That won't help you. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking in my mind, I've actually never watched a Rochester, Rochester Amherst game there. I've been to that arena twice in my life. One okay. was for, and this is God, I'm going back 20 some years. I, and, I remember because like they were literally the worst seats in the arena wrestling. Yeah. It was a WWE house show. And okay. I remember it was good guy rock against bad guy Kane. I mean, uh, that might've been like the main event. So I, I kind of was there for wrestling once. And then don't tell anyone I told you this, but I went to watch the American Idol tour. Like, God, it's gotta be a good 15 uh, years ago. I remember Chris Daughtry didn't win, but he was the biggest star from that season. I remember Chris right. Daughtry was one of the performers. Um, so anyway, those are the two times I've ever been there, but those, That'll be exciting. It's good for people, Sabres fans, the whole organization, and especially people in that Rochester area. This is uh, an exciting time. So it should be fun on, on Saturday and uh, Monday as well. Uh, oh, that's what I wanted to ask you, man. Big Detroit Lions fan, obviously. We yeah. didn't talk about this. I don't think we talked about this last week. Or maybe we did. I don't remember. Dude, I, I can't remember shit anymore. But your Detroit Lions are playing... They're kicking off the season, man. That's a big deal. They're at Kansas City. Yeah. And I know you're going to tell me, oh, the sacrificial lambs and yeah. this stuff. I don't care what you tell me. That, to me, is a big deal to, to think of an organization enough to say, because you always want to get it right in week one. You want to get two good teams. It's always two good teams. And the fact that the Detroit Lions, I mean, the Bills are going to Kansas City. I, I Philly's going to Kansas City this year. There's big time marquee games. The league said, you know what? We're good with the Detroit Lions opening up the season Thursday night football in Kansas City, man. We we did get into it a little bit, but um yeah, I I mean, listen, I it's cool. It's I I'll relent, <laughs> I'll relent a little bit. It's cool. Um you can have nice things, Joe. It's okay, buddy. You're a Lions well, fan. You can have some nice things. When they lose by 35 to Kansas City on opening night, then <laughs> I I'll, hope you I'll, know. I'll teach you another lesson about nice things. But 
Um, no, I mean, it, like, it's cool, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it I, it, I keep saying to you, talk's cheap. I, you know, like stuff like this is cheap. Like, it's a cheap thrill. Like, great, cool. I, I it, it's, I'm, I'm a very uncomfortable person with nice things happening or good things occurring around uh this team just because it's i've the rug's been pulled out repeatedly like it's been pulled out so many times i don't walk on the rug anymore i'm just kind of like i know where that's going it's getting ripped right out from under my feet um now mind you i just because teams i do like there are parallels like right over my shoulder here i've got a new newcastle united scarf uh newcastle if i was if, if for those who don't know soccer newcastle is if you're going to compare it to an nfl team uh they're a conglomeration of the bills browns lions like that triumph they never they haven't won anything failure. they they haven't won anything since the 50s <laughs> um but like they just they just qualified for the champions league next year which is you know the top teams of every division in europe you know, plays for the biggest, you know, basically playing for the championship of, of professional soccer in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they qualify for it. Cause they're going to finish in the top four. Um, it's the first time they've, that they've qualified for it since 2002, 2002, 2003. So it's been 20 years, Wow, <laughs> which um, it's about like, you know, just comparing it with some of like some of those, you know, those, some of those NFL teams, like, you know, the lions haven't won a playoff game since 1992. Cool. You know, like that, that was the last time they won a play. You know, they beat Dallas 38 to three, um, you know, like you know, Cleveland hasn't done anything in their life. You know, Buffalo finally just got back to started getting back in the playoffs and winning playoff games again in the last, you know, five years, six years. So it it's, but like I, I made sure to to watch the end of that game the other day that where they you know if they drew if they got a draw if they tied or they won they would have locked down a top four spot so I watched it made sure to watch it because I'm like well if they're gonna do this I gotta watch I gotta see how how this goes even though I turn into a nervous person um, so they tied it and I'm watching I'm just like wow okay and like I'm you know I'm not doing like cartwheels or anything I'm just kind of like wow all right. They did it. That's and you know I I was I was out watching it someplace and uh, bartender's just like, "Aren't you happy?" And I go, "I'm ecstatic. I just don't know how to express that right now." Uh, uh. <laughs> like it's a very exciting, fun thing for this team that I've been rooting for for the last you know, 25 years. Or sure. Um, but like, I don't know how to process that. Like, it if the Lions got back to the playoffs this year and won a playoff game by all you know by you know all, you know hell freezing over. I wouldn't know how to handle that. I'd be a disaster to watch that game with. I wouldn't like I every bit of like anxiety comes out watching the Lions. Like I mean like last season they opened that they opened last season with Philly, right? And it was like, "Oh, well, they might pretty good, be a better team this year. They're going to be pretty good." And then uh, you know, watching Jared Goff throw pick sixes to guys that are, you know, wide open <laughs> guys that are wide open on the sideline. And I go, "That's enough." Like as soon as that pick six got thrown and it was like twenty one seven and I'm like I, okay I see how this is gonna go this season. I'm, the boy I'm, had a good year though. Oh yeah, well no he did no he did but like I was like all right well, I've seen enough that's 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 enough for now we'll 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 catch it we'll, we'll 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 catch up if there's need to catch up again and and then there wasn't need to catch up again until like halfway through the season because they were shit for half the year. <laughs> I got to start watching soccer. 
The only so- I, I've never gotten into one in my life. The only soccer I watch right now was when I watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's a, it's a TV show. That's well, great. It's a great show. I haven't watched any of the season yet, so you got to. It's it. It's not officially. I, I have a ending. group of friends that I watch with that, like we get together and we do watch them, and we just haven't done that yet because it's we a, like pull the TV outside, watch outside, have beers and whatever. So such a wholesome yeah. show, man. It really it reminds me so much. Not the same kind of storylines, but it reminds me a lot of Shit's Creek, and I was a big Shit's Creek fan. Next week is the finale. They're saying officially it's not over, but it is over. Mm. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, you got to watch that uh, that last if, season. If you want to have a really interesting soccer experience, um, soccer come out on come out on Sunday morning. Sunday morning is the last the last game of the last day of the 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 Premier League season. So everybody plays at the same time. Where do you guys what like? Is there like a go to spot in Buffalo where a lot of soccer fans there, converge to watch? There these are games? a couple of them. Uh, there's one that I prefer um more than the other and it's not for nonsense it's more because it's a little slightly closer for me but i usually go to the banshee um down downtown okay uh, it's what used to be darcy mcgee's oh okay uh, that, that seems to be the where, like banshee where the hell is that it's darcy, the old darcy oh okay yeah yep, right yep, yep. um but that's become like the place where you know there's a tiny collective of newcastle guys of us that go watch uh the the buffalo spurs group goes to watch there there's a large number of liverpool fans that go it's a it's becoming a bigger and bigger spot during the world cup it was a huge huge spot for everybody to go watch games at but um but all the games all the games tip off at 11 30 on the last day of the season to avoid any possible tanking out or Ah. because there's there's promotion sure. and relegate. Well, the, uh, there's relegation spots on the line, but there's also uh, I didn't see how I didn't see how the game ended today because there could be one Champions League spot on the line. Depending, uh, no, there won't be. So, <laughs> so never mind that. But, um, but like in thirty uh, seconds or less, Joe, explain to me like I'm five years old because I've heard of it because of Ted Lasso. Yeah. You're in a league mm-hmm. if, when you get relegated. That means you're still playing, but you not playing for anything meaningful is that what being relegated is no no so the bottom three teams at the end of the year in the premier league get sent down to the next league they're like the minors you get get demoted to the second to the next league down it's not it's not minors they're all professional teams it's just the premier league is where all the money is okay well technically the usfl is professional football so let's say the bills were one of the three worst teams they would get relegated to like the cfl or to the usfl is it kind of along those same lines if you yeah, if you want to do a parallel, it would be like, uh, yeah, like the three worst NFL teams getting sent down to the USFL or the XFL, and then the top three USFL or XFL teams would go up to the NFL. Okay, that's it's it's a it's a very foreign thing for any North American sports to do. Like, it's just not something that happens. yeah, I it's would only, hate. It's only something that happens with European, well, European sports really, because it happens in hockey. I hate in hockey to, happens in soccer. I'd hate to, I'd hate to be a big fan and, and live or, or follow a team that's relegated. Like what motivates you? I'm gonna go watch the Rump League. Well, well, Newcastle's gotten sent down twice in the last 15 years, and I'll tell you, it's not, it's not as fun. Yeah. It's not as fun because it's, you know, it's not the same rivalries. It's not any of this, you know, it's not the same matchups. It's harder to find the games to watch. Although ESPN Plus makes it makes it a little easier to watch the uh, the champion the championship English championship is technically the second league, which sounds goofy compared to the Premier League. Whatever, it's just stupid stuff. But whatever, um, it's harder. It's a lot harder to watch your team, but they're your team, so you're just like, I'm with them. 
just, this really sucks right now. So <laughs> you just got to hope that they win their way back up. Fortunately, you know, in Newcastle's two times that I watched them go down, they, they won their way back up immediately. Like the next season, they were right back. But, um, but it's still, it's a year and it's a year. And essentially I, I you want to call it purgatory, but it's not because it can get worse. Cause if your team loses, they go down, they end up in the bottom three or the four or the next, in the next level, they go down again and they can fall levels the levels and levels down if they don't end up in the arena league playing like albany or something like that they would end up playing in like the the in not even the arena football like the in the major indoor football league where it's like (laughs) huntsville alabama this week guys that shit sucks but i I would understand and why the game it's a very life or death thing man like sure it's i mean like what like the first season of ted lasso kind of kind of highlighted some of that where yeah you know yeah. the, the the demotion, you know the promotion demotion thing, but mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, it, it's hard though because I, I mean it happens in other sport like other sports in Europe too. Like it happens in hockey, I think it happens in pro basketball there too. I think, but um, but it's but every team like there's no minor league system, but it's everybody's professional. It's just varying levels of how much money you get because if you go pr- if you're in the Premier League, that's like an automatic three hundred million dollars for a team. I was just going to say that I, I'm thinking in my mind because five minutes ago, I was just talking about it must suck being a fan. It probably sucks a hell of a lot worse if you have a financial stake in a team and yeah. you're getting demoted to a league. You know, I'm sure you're going to lose a, a shitload a of money, ton of money, it's playing for millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, man, that I could see owners well, not being very friendly. Yeah. And that's the thing where like, you know, a, a lot of sports fans here will be like, well, there's no playoffs over there. And I go, well, no, they have like in league, you know, they have like in season tournaments and shit. They're like, what's the point of that? And I go, well, <laughs> well, if you make the championship, if you make champions league, then it's worth like another extra few hundred million dollars. Cause it's a big right. deal. I mean, that's every big, huge team in Europe plays against each other. And like, it's like a, it's like a world cup type setup, but it's just all club teams and they're all like the best in the world. So it's a uh, it's it's a whole thing, man. It's a different. I mean, Europe's a different world for eight thousand different reasons. But um, but the way they do stuff with soccer uh, is it, it's something else. And like you, like when you see shots of fans uh, of their team is like their team's getting relegated, and the fans are just like look like they got their dog ran over, and then whoever hit their dog backed up and ran over it again. That's what it's like because your team goes down. You don't know if they're coming back. One of the few things I do know about soccer is that I know how passionate fans around the world are. Mm-hmm. And outside of America, I've, I'm sure I've heard this, but it's like probably the most popular sport in the world, right? Outside of America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in a, in a very big way. Yes. When, when does, so the season's ending, when, when yep. does the season start again? Cause I'm going to tell you what, during the off season, I'm going to look at teams. I'm going to mm-hmm. study the cities or what I'm going to find a team and come next season. I'm going to become a soccer fan for the first time in my life. Never okay. watched the shit made fun of people who watch it. In mm-hmm. fact, Joe Buffalo wins. Part of the reason why I won't watch it is because like, he's such a big soccer fan and I don't like anything that he likes. So I'm like, he he's likes this shit. So I know I'm not going to like it. He's a, he's a, he's a new, he's a new to the, uh, new to the table Liverpool fan. So that's a, yeah. that's a reason he, to be, uh, that's a reason to be like, I ain't going to listen to that guy, but that's what I'm uh, saying. I'm going to look at all the teams. And I don't know any of the teams, but I'm gonna look at the cities. I'm gonna look at their colors. I'm gonna look at their names mm-hmm. and I'm going to find a team to root for. So it's, so like, this is the end of the season, right? No. Right. So the season ends Sunday, the 28th, the next season begins like the first weekend of August, the first week of August. I'm in. So you've got like, 
two months. <laughs> I mean, two months, you got two months to figure it out. And like, uh, I'm going to Philadelphia in July to see new cat. Like they're having a, like f- two different games in Philadelphia. They're doing a whole like, like East coast tour of like a bunch of teams from the premier league that are be playing games. Newcastle's playing in Philadelphia in July. And I'm going down for that game. Like myself and a few of our other, uh, Buffalo guys are going down there for that. So, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Like there's two different games happening like that day, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, but it's gonna be hot as shit. And like Newcastle's colors are black and white, so it's like gonna sweat my ass off out there. That's gonna be uh I'm in. I, when the new season starts, I'm in. I cannot believe I just unexpectedly went down a soccer I'm, rabbit I'm hole. I'm telling you right now, I'm come out, Buffalo, come out Sunday morning if you can. If you can if you got any free time Sunday morning, come to Banshee. Seven Sunday morning, eleven thirty Banshee. Yep. Shout out Banshee. There'll be a I lot. Like there'll be a lot of people there, but like it'll be it'll be a good like everybody will be kind of like fractioned off with their because there's a ton of TVs. So ever I'm gonna wear the most neutral teams. thing. I'm gonna wear the most neutral colored <laughs> outfit. Or you might think it's so neutral. No Some team will have those colors. That's that's what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> we'll see though. But uh, maybe I will, man. I'll, I'll, real quickly before we get out of here. So OTAs are going on this week. I, I just did a show with Aaron Quinn uh, two days ago. We both say the same thing. OTAs are stupid. In fact, we kind of made fun. Some people, we, we, we highlighted a couple tweets of people who would take the shit too serious based on OTAs. Like Josh Allen throws a bad pass. Oh, that elbow must still be bad. Or, you know, mm-hmm. Spencer Brown looks really good in shorts. He's going, there he is. There's the all-pro right tackle that we're expecting him to become. You know, things like that. We're having some fun with it. I know you're busy anyway, you know, covering hockey, writing and everything. You're not really paying any attention to no. OTAs, are you? absolutely don't. zero don't don't care i it, listen it, it's all for attention it's all the part of the nfl news like this is my conspiracy theory nonsense thing with it it's all for the nfl news cycle to stay fresh constantly so that there's always something to talk i don't care if a guy's not there i don't show up in july i don't i don't give a shit just be there at camp i don't if you're a bills fan you don't give a shit that stefan Diggs is not there i don't no, no i zero. It, no it, it, Everything is everything else is is distractions. It's drama. Like and like everybody's been dissecting him screaming at Allen on the sideline for the last few, you know, like since the game ended, basically. So like yeah. it's all it's all drama. This whatever. Like Al Allen's too is busy out living the bachelor life, like just going to whatever sporting event he can get his hands on to go He is. Out. And that was the other thing too. We were talking that was another reconvene in thing. July, man. Like just whatever. We were talking about that too. Yeah, Josh looks bad in practice. He's not focused. He doesn't care, man. This guy's out on the golf course every day. He's going to Toronto, take batting practice. He doesn't right. care anymore. He's more no. concerned about baseball and golf and, and being a bachelor right now. Just funny shit. One more, one more quick question about the NFL, and we're out of here. Um, you just talked about it. The NFL, you know, the biggest news cycle. They always got to be in the news cycle. They're the one sport right now, like in hockey, you have the draft lottery. And that is such a big deal, especially when a guy like Connor Bernard comes out or Connor McDavid, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. That's a big ass deal, and teams tank for them. Um, ditto in the NBA. This year was all about uh, you take it for uh, the kid from France, a seven foot four kid. You know, mm-hmm. a, a, every couple of handful of years, you get a prospect like that. Are you surprised that the NFL hasn't? And do you expect them at some point to say, let's just say Detroit's in contention for the worst record in the NFL, in Arizona and Houston, whoever it may be? Instead of automatically giving that team the first pick like it is right now, could you see a scenario where in the NFL, maybe the bottom six teams or maybe even every non-playoff team has some kind of formula percentage? And then the NFL, because I guess they don't have enough dominant news cycles, 
they'll have a, a period where they leads up to a, a draft lottery. I could see it, man. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised it hasn't happened also. Uh, but I, th- I think there's also, there's fewer guarantees with football just because so much of it is right guy with the right system. Now, sometimes Agreed. you do have some players that are just like out of this world, incredibly good that you're like, well, no matter what team they go to, they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. But for every time you think that, there's a Jamarcus Russell. Uh, or you know somebody else where you're like, man, this guy, this guy's gonna be a home run. He's gonna be a beast, and then it just doesn't work. Like it just flat out doesn't work for X, Y, Z reasons. I mean, good teams stay good. People are you know, people get on like it's always the same teams. I'm like, well, yeah, because they have the right systems in place and they know how to they know how to get shit done. Like, that's why the same teams keep showing up in the playoffs and in the you know and deep in the playoffs all the time because they they know how to do it. They know they know what they're doing. You know, especially like teams that have been doing it forever. Like they just. They find a way. They get back. You know, they might fall out of the picture for a while, but they get back to it. Bad teams stay bad for a reason. It's because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? I, I agree but with you. You can put the greatest player on earth someplace, and it's happened to Detroit twice, and they don't do anything with it, and it just doesn't matter. And yeah, they, they didn't even pick number one overall to make it happen either. Like it just sometimes you get an elite talent that falls in your lap, and you're like, hey, great, cool, and then even that doesn't work. I agree with your theory a hundred percent. The right fit, the right player, the right team. Point being, though, is that I'm just surprised that the league mm-hmm. hasn't found a reason to do this. Not maybe even necessarily to prevent taking, but just to have another big event. You know, like the NFL draft yeah. is such a big event. Mm-hmm. I would bet money that, like next year, for an example, this year wasn't there wasn't really a big consensus. We didn't even know until the draft started who was going to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Next year, Caleb Williams is the guy, the USC quarterback. Their Probably. teams are going to try to tank for him. It's a, it's a big deal. You know, just mm-hmm. whoever gets him, I, I'm just surprised that the NFL hasn't said we're going to take all the non-playoff teams or the bottom 10, or you can move up like hockey. The Sabres could have moved up 10 spots conceivably. Something like that. I'm surprised that the NFL hasn't done something like that. Not even for competitive purposes, just for, mm-hmm. again, to stay on top of the news cycle and just have another big NFL event. Surprised they haven't done that yet. I, I think it's because they don't want to distract from their own playoffs too. Like NHL and NBA are just kind of like, it's, it's in addition to plus those seasons sure. are 80, 80 games long NFL season, 17 games. Yeah. Like, you know, True. if you tank a 17 game season, you you have to be bad immediately out of the gate and then have zero luck. Like that's even the teams that have gone like the Cleveland team that went 0 16, the Detroit 0 16 teams, those teams were bad, but like they weren't 0 16 bad. They were, they ended up being 0 16 bad, but the talent on those teams was, didn't say that they should have been 0 16, just shit luck a bad team in general but like bad team in general bad luck bad you know just everything going against you in one season just you know that's that's what happened sometimes yeah. good teams make the playoffs or i'm sorry bad teams make the playoffs and they have no business being there but they did anyways because either they're in a bad division or they just lucked out you know eight you know of you know they win nine games they lucked out in in five of them and you're just like wow i can't believe these guys are here it's like well they are so that's them's the breaks it it's it, it's the closest thing to like a fantasy fantasy sports result as you can get where it's sometimes just dumb stupid luck is on your is sure. on your side every week. Yeah, I agree. I so, I think it's going to happen someday. Uh we'll see. By the way, um I know you don't watch wrestling that much anymore. Pretty big weekend for uh for wrestling fans though, man. So you got Saturday afternoon, you got um WWE Night of Champions it's in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I know you're not. Yeah, I know you've been watching, but Sunday night is uh, AEW. I'll be they watching. They got a pay per view. 
double or nothing. We'll be, wa- we'll be watching that. I was so I, you got a good Sunday ahead of you for sure, man. You got Banshee dude, and Banshee, I, and then uh, AEW on Sunday. Uh, Banshee, I've got a party to go to Sunday afternoon. And then oh, it's a long day. Night, so it's going to be a long day. I'll be weekend though. Plus, Saturday, I'm going to be in Rochester for Amherst Bears Game 3. And then Monday, I'll be in Rochester for Amherst Bears Game 4. So you, uh, They're not on, as of now, they're not on MSG. I know Games 1 and 2 are on MSG. I haven't yeah. heard anything about game, the Rochester games being there, which I Saturday's think, game is sold out. I did see that yeah. on Twitter. I think I think games one and two are on there because uh, some station in Hershey was carrying. I think like Fox, some Fox station mm-hmm. in, Her- in the Hershey area was carrying it, so they were able to get the uh, the uh, the broadcast of you know uh, ferreted out here. But like no nobody locally carries uh, Amherst games. Nobody in Rochester, nobody in Buffalo. I I can't imagine that MSG Buffalo would would suddenly just drop everything and get a truck out there and do the game. It'd be cool if they did, but like I don't know. Maybe you put. Uh, Don Stevens and Duffer's call over top of like the you know the uh, the scoreboard video or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to do a makeshift way to do it, that's a way to do it. But I'm sure that that even takes a lot of a lot of effort. Sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button. It, it really helps us grow the show. Of course, if you're listening on the audio side, make sure you uh, are following on spotify or apple or whatever it is where you listen to your podcast make sure you follow joe on twitter at joe yurden go check out notedhockey.com five bucks per month 50 bucks per year that is joe's baby works very hard at it as for the show we'll see normally like i said joe typically is we tape on mondays and then joe is on every tuesday however rochester's playing next monday so follow me on twitter at Pemoran tweets and uh when Joe and I have time, when Joe has the time, we'll get together. So we'll certainly drop a show. I'm looking forward to uh, having some Rochester hockey to talk about. Again, only one game. Game two is going on right now. So, uh, you know, we'll see how things play out. Thanks as always, oh man. Good to have you on the show, Joe. Always happy to do it, dude. It's always a fun time.